Hi, everyone, and welcome to our first live Q&A for the fall and the summer, too. We haven't done this in a while, but uh, welcome, everyone, and welcome, Coach Veronica. Thank you, Daniel. It's really nice to see you and, of course, everyone who is going to join. Yeah, like, yeah absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, how's, how's your summer been? Uh, my summer has been exhausting <laughs> because uh, it's so different, like, uh, when... Uh, the kids go to school to kindergarten and uh, the teachers and other people uh, take care of their time but uh, I now I had to organize their time so it was really really exhausting and uh, but we made a few trips and uh, one of them uh, actually I wanted to talk about uh, like in this live Q&A which could be interesting for others and uh, it was um, I challenged my sleep and uh, we went camping and uh, camping was something when I suffered from insomnia this was something unimaginable I never thought I would ever be able like to go not only camping but also I couldn't imagine that I would sleep in a different place because I was out of my comfort zone I was so afraid how I will how it will affect my sleep uh, there is this new pressure that I have to sleep in that new place because most likely I was on a trip or vacation and uh, I have to enjoy this time and with, I thought that without sleep I couldn't enjoy it at all so uh, it was uh, uh, so after basically I uh, felt recovered and uh, this summer I uh, decided like okay let's do this and uh, uh, I have to say that I have to buy completely all the new equipment even the tent and really everything and uh, I sorry really uh, to interrupt here Veronica but firstly for everybody tuning in I see there's quite a lot of people here if you want to have if you have questions just post them in the in the comment section and we'll get to them uh, mm -hmm. at least as many as we can but also okay. for you Veronica you had to buy new equipment because you needed it or because the old equipment associated was associated with the, with the struggle? Uh, I didn't have any. I didn't have anything. I didn't have I, any. Okay, okay, got it. I didn't have any mattresses. I didn't have no sleeping bags or nothing, really. <clears throat> so, uh, and actually, I, I was quite curious how my sleep will be affected. And uh, what I, actually, what happened was uh, what I experienced already before after I recovered from insomnia and learned what insomnia is about, that uh, I welcomed the sleeplessness. I welcomed, or I kind of like expected, okay, most likely I'm not going to sleep well. And uh, paradoxically, this often translates into sleeping better. I spent there like in the worst only for four nights, but I could see that gradually with each night I slept better. The first night was really rough, I slept maybe two hours, but I didn't really freak about it. I did my favorite nocturnal activity uh, when I couldn't sleep. I walked around uh, the, camping, uh, the camping space and uh, I also wore the uh, earplugs, the eye mask, like really these things that are, I took them uh, from the place of self-kindness because sometimes at some point, point people may think like, okay, uh, I'm going to face this fear like head on. I can't help myself with anything, but this is not true. You can make yourself as comfortable as you like it. And for me, it meant to have a eye mask, to have a earplugs.
and uh, so really I could you know it's really interesting like the first night was really terrible I slept really uh, I could really feel how my body and brain is in high alert uh, even my heart was palpitating I was like really wide awake and maybe towards morning I got a couple of hours that, that was it and uh, the next two nights I could feel like I felt like it looked like my brain already tested ah, okay I could survive the first night maybe this is not something that can hurt us so uh, so really the second night was a little bit better and the third night and the fourth night I didn't even have to, had to use the earplugs it was really really nice because I have never thought before that I can sleep uh, when there is noise around and I never saw that even before I suffered from insomnia I always was used to sleep really in peace and quiet like at home and so on right and uh, in a camping spot where there are other people, other campers, it's always a little bit noisy and especially with unexpected noises like uh, babies crying or somebody's playing some music and so on. And I really slept through all of that. And uh, I really believe it's thanks to the education and knowing there is nothing going to hurt me or that even if I don't sleep well I can survive the day and I still can have a nice day because there are so many distractions especially on a new place that I'm not going to think and worry about sleep yeah it's amazing yes thanks for sharing this uh coach Veronica. and for, for so many reasons one is that you know so many people in our community think that oh once uh once I'm over this struggle then that means I can never have a bad night again of course, it yeah. like it happens to all of us. And even like we describe, it's like a little bit of those fears coming back again. Totally normal. It can happen. But if you respond to them like you did, it doesn't become a cycle. It's uh... Thanks so much for sharing that. And with that said, we, we got some... Um... We got some questions. First, some people just saying hi. We'll say hi to Marco. Hi, hi Marco. Nice hi. seeing you. And uh, Brandon. Yeah, long time we'll see. Nice seeing you back, of course. Um, but yeah, let's let's jump in and see what question we have. We have Jennifer Santana, who says, "I just came back from my Mexico vacation and sleep was very choppy for me. Now that I'm home, I'm ex extremely fatigued. Any tips? I am stuck in the sleep maintenance phase. I wake up three times a night and I still count my hours. Maybe um, we can look at both these questions. So for, first of all, um, I just came back from Mexico. Sleep was very choppy. Now that I'm home, I'm extremely fatigued. Any tips? Uh, yeah, what comes to your mind when you uh, hear this one, mm -hmm. Veronica? I think it's very normal to be to have a choppy sleep, uh, especially when we are on vacation. That's just what I what I actually shared. That uh, our brain is basically on a high alert, looking for any threat, and uh, it really um doesn't come with a peace, peaceful sleep this hyperarousal that we experience so uh first of all normalizing it it's very normal normal and uh when you are feeling extremely fatigued i think that that comes from this um this choppy sleep and all these or i would say not only choppy sleep but also all the worrying and wondering and wondering uh, why am I fatigued? But actually, regarding to uh, my camping trick, I have to uh, I have something else to add, uh, which really relates to this question. 
after these four days because I was there alone with my kids without my husband. So I really, all these four days, I didn't have a really not a half an hour for a break, like to calm down. And uh, when I came back home, I just threw away all the stuff, just uh, give, give my kids to my husband. And from that moment, I experienced such an extreme fatigue that I, it took me several di- days to recover. And uh, I really experienced, like all this insomnia journey is experiential learning. And I literally experienced how much this hyper arousal, being on high alert all the time, because that's what, what we are all the time. We are hyper aroused when we have insomnia. And this is exactly what you call, Daniel, post-aerosol fatigue. I really wasn't able to do anything like for two or three days until I really recovered, until I really felt like myself. So really, Jennifer, it's normal and expected. And uh, do something uh, for self-care for you. Like if you if you are too tired, just rest enjoy yourself, watch movies, read books, and really do only the minimum stuff that you have to do. That's what I did. <laughs> That's super nice. And, and just just, uh, just to go over this teaching for anyone who hasn't heard it before, like the post-arousal fatigue, the idea is basically that when we are in this hyper-alert, hyper-vigilant state that we are in when we're maybe excited, but mostly when some is always we're scared, right? And we have all these yeah. worry thoughts and everything like that. We... We, it, it actually the hyper arousal actually masks our fatigue because we're so on edge so we, we don't even notice that we're fatigued like it's yeah. it's kind of like suppressed by it but then when we start maybe learning or or when we get home from a trip for example and we're no longer like the brain is like oh we don't really need to be hyper alert here we can be we can we can let go of that or when we learn through education then we're no longer so scared of anything and when the hyper arousal comes down our fatigue is like unmasked and then we f- we fully feel the effect of all the worrying and maybe the time um, travel itself and, and, and et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, normalizing that's so helpful and, and deploying kindness, so, so helpful. So not much more to add. Um, let's let's see, we, we might get to Jennifer's other question in a second, but let's let's jump into another one first. And it's from um, Amelia. Amelia says, hi there. Which are your advice about obsessions? Like I don't sleep before I pee three times when I get up early in the morning. Sometimes I have those obsessions. It's very, very irritating. All right. So I think we can hear this idea that it's basically like, if I don't do this, or if this doesn't happen, then I'm not going to sleep at all. Uh, common, of course. But yeah, what, what are your thoughts when you hear this, Veronica? Mm-hmm. I have to say that uh, also the peeing is part of the hyperarousal. And it was also my experience on the camping trip. The first night, I really had to go like eight or 10 times to pee because because of the hyperarousal and uh, being so hypervigilant. And um, really it's about, uh, yeah, basically two options. Either you just uh, pee three times and then you go to bed or you don't pee and see what happens and see the fear, what is coming up or anxiety or basically see what is showing up for you. And... Uh, then you will see for yourself, like, uh, uh, what emotions is lying underneath this. And uh, when you experience, and uh, when you experience this emotion, they usually fade. 
like uh, uh, I'm sorry, I lost my thread. <laughs> yeah, any emotion really, any emotion that we don't sort of like try to fight against, it, it's it, it's not amplified anymore. And yes, exactly. Kind of away, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to add to that, I would say that like when we think when we use the word obsession, what is really what is what what are we talking about? We all know what it is, what are we talking about because we've all. All of us have at some point experience that we have like the same thought over and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And we just call that obsession, but it's really just like having the same thought over and over where that's kind of like an obsession, right? Mm -hmm. And and then, you know, we can wonder why is that? Well, the brain is this like problem solving machine again. So when it identifies a problem, it's going to send us mm -hmm. some kind of suggestion, some kind of thought, right? And maybe the thought is like, oh, you have to pee three times or you won't sleep. Why did it come up with that idea? We don't really know. It's it's always going to be a mystery. But when it has some idea, some suggestion, it and it, it can like it can repeat it over and over and over again. And I think oftentimes the tricky part is when we think, "Oh, I'm obsessing. That's not normal. I have to stop that. I have to stop myself from obsessing." Now we're in this kind of inner struggle because now we're in like the brain is trying to tell us something. We're trying to say, "No, don't tell me that." Then it's like, "Oh no, I got to tell you that." Then we're like, "Don't tell it." And now. Even more so, the same thought happens over and over again. So, in a weird way, I think it's it, it often helps to be like, yeah, I'm getting the same thought over and over again. That is normal. Let the brain say its thing. Maybe we decide. Maybe we just go pee every time we feel like it. Maybe we decide to like, I don't need to pee. Let's just see what happens. But I think oftentimes the helpful thing is like to not necessarily label it as something negative. It's just like a thought happening over and over again, and sort of like let it happen. Just observe it. Know that it comes from a good place, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That can can really can really help. Does it make sense, Veronica? Yeah, absolutely. It's like giving in, into that obsession. Yeah. <laughs> in a way, yeah. yeah in a way, yeah. exactly. <laughs> That's funny. I, I wrote that down. I have this list of things I want to do, like a video on. And mm -hmm. one of the things I have is like, why not cave in immediately? It, it's sort of like oftentimes when people are like, ah, I I didn't want to take this pill, and I was like, should I take it? Should I not take it? And then mm -hmm. I finally, finally, I caved in and I took it, and then I fell asleep. And then like part of my brain is like. Why not just cave in right away? Like, wh why yeah, have the yeah. struggle? It's like, maybe just do it. <laughs> Anyways, um, we will let's see what we have here. Um, let's let's jump in here and see what Saturn Lights uh, wants to share with us. And uh, we can read the following. For me, I don't feel tired. But when I tried to sleep, I just had twitches. And I know I'm going to sleep. But how do you deal with a sleep maintenance insomnia? All right, interesting. So I think I think what we hear is that um, when Saturn lights, you know, didn't really feel sleepy. It was just like, let me go down and try to sleep. There were some twitches, and and kind of maybe knowing from the twitches that sleep is about to happen. But how do you deal with sleep maintenance insomnia? And we actually have the same question here. Um, I'm stuck in sleep maintenance phase. I wake up three times a night and still come here. So so let's go over this one. So basically, we have a question about like. Sleep maintenance insomnia, when we maybe fall asleep without too much struggle, but then we kind of keep waking up um, and not falling back asleep easily. How do we meet that? What What are your thoughts on, on this one, Veronica? Uh, it's very common uh, to wake up many times through, throughout the night. So um, uh, usually people, they do not really uh, remember these awakenings. And but when people they have struggle with sleep or when they uh, really think that being awake at night is a threat, then they uh, they pay attention to these awakenings. Uh, 
So that's why uh, from maybe when they uh, they they basically wake, uh, wake up wide awake. And uh, now what happens is they either pay attention to it in in a kind of like um, I would say negative way, and they wonder like, oh my goodness, I'm awake, I'm not going to sleep again, and my night is ruined, and you know, and uh, very often this automatic uh, thinking process just uh, sets off, and uh, this is what usually keeps us awake. But when we are like, uh, but we can also see these awakenings like a way to befriend wakefulness. Okay, I'm awake, so I can uh, make myself comfortable, I can rest in bed, or I can get up and do something nice. And this is the way how our brain unlearns the fear. Because when we normalize uh, these nighttime awakenings, we just um, unlearn this fear. That We just normalize it, like, yeah, this is okay. And uh, the next time, we might uh, wake up again. But we may not remember this because over time it will our brain will not perceive being awake at night as a threat. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I have nothing, nothing really to add. Totally agree. Totally agree with that. Let's let's uh, do one more. Um, uh, let's see. We can do. Let's just do this one from Debbie. For six years, I've trained my brain to lie awake at night. The initial hyperarousal stressor has gone. But I'm now in a habit. Can I retrain my brain to sleep? So, for six years, I've trained my brain to lie awake at night. Uh, the initial hyperarousal stress has gone, but I'm now in a habit. Can I retrain my brain to sleep? Yeah, I think if I I can go first here. Um, I think uh, to me the answer is, of course, never any medical advice. But I think the ability to sleep, the ability for the brain to generate sleep, is is not something that we can lose. And, and, and it's, to me, it's not so much about like, it's not like the brain has lost its ability to sleep and we need to retrain it to sleep. It's much more that over a time period, over years, maybe we have sort of been, again, been afraid of being awake and we have sort of trained the brain that being awake is a threat. It's something dangerous. It's something we should avoid by, you know, doing things like, um, you know, uh, sleep hygiene or you know we've done things to avoid being awake at night thereby training the brain that being awake is a threat something dangerous that it that we don't want and then exactly what we talked about before happens when we find ourselves like waking up at night we're like oh this is a threat this is dangerous and then and, and we've kind of trained ourselves uh to be awake by by teaching our brain that being awake is is unsafe so to me it's 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 not so much like training the brain to sleep but more like educating ourselves that being awake is is nothing dangerous. It's uh, mm -hmm. it's harmless, and then mm -hmm. automatically, you know, sleep happens by itself. Something like that. But mm -hmm. uh, do you think along the same lines, uh, Veronica, or what are your yeah, thoughts when you hear this from Debbie? Absolutely, uh, and also I think uh, what Debbie mentioned that there, the initial trigger of hyperarousal is gone. I think there must be the hyperarousal present because uh, since she's not sleeping, that's the only reason uh, why is that is because hyperarousal present. Maybe she might not feel it really, uh, really strong, like she doesn't have the palpitations or heavy breathing, sweating, and so whatever, but. Uh, I also, for a very long time, 
wondered like what's the problem that I'm not sleeping I'm calm I don't have any symptoms so I am not sleeping but still that like you call it there is still a super ninja hyper arousal presence and uh, that's why this is still enough to uh, not not allow a sleep to happen and uh, but uh, I would like to also say I like the or I like the saying that sleep is always lurking in the background. So, so just uh, don't brace yourself and allow sleep to come. Very nicely said. Right, well, we'll conclude there. It's been um, really nice being back. Uh, thanks to everyone for chiming in and for sharing your questions. And thanks, Veronica, for being here. And we'll be back soon. Thank you. Bye.